Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, Battle Ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the heavenly hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tomorrow I have a very special guest on, Father Eamon McCarthy. He is the director of Radio Maria Ireland, and I met him in uh, Fatima, and he's a wonderful man, a wonderful priest, and tomorrow tune in for that very special program. Okay, excited children masquerading as witches, pirates, devils, ghosts, Dracula, and other creatures bounding through the neighborhood going from door to door, shouting trick or treat. The party at school or friend's house where they tell ghost stories, bob for apples or tell fortunes. The visit to the community haunted house and homes decorated with witches, skeletons, and eerie looking grinning jack-o'-lanterns. It must be Halloween. Sounds like harmless fun, doesn't it? But there's a dark side to Halloween and you should know about it. A side that I never liked because it was associated with evil with Satan, fear, death, and violence. And that side of Halloween always gave me the creeps. So after a thorough study of Halloween, I know why I felt that way, because beneath Halloween's candy coating is a history of diabolical evil. And so I will share with you some of my findings relating to the dark side of Halloween. And I'll share with you briefly three things. One is the history of Halloween, Second, the heroes of Halloween. And third, the harm of Halloween. So to begin, let's look at the history of Halloween. Halloween is a religious day, but it is not a Christian day. Tom Sanguinet, former high priest in the Celtic tradition of Wicca, which is witchcraft, said that the modern holiday we call Halloween has its origins in the full moon closest to November 1st, the Witch's New Year. And it was a time when the spirits, the demons, were supposed to be at their peak power and revisiting the earth. He went on to say that Halloween is purely and absolutely evil, and there's nothing we ever have or will do that will make it acceptable to our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the man talking about, you might be asking? Well, let me explain. The origin of Halloween is a Celtic festival. And uh, it's the festival of Samhain, the Lord of Death and Evil Spirits. And long before Jesus, like 1,500 to 2,000 years before Jesus, the Druids in Scotland, in Britain, in Ireland, France, and Germany, many of the Celtic countries observed the end of summer by making sacrifices to the Samhain. And the Celts considered November 1st as being the day of death, because the leaves were falling and it was getting darker sooner and temperatures were dropping. And they believed Muk Ola. Yes, their sun god was losing strength. And Samhain, the Lord of Death, was overpowering him. 
Furthermore, they believe that um, on October 31st, Samhain assembled the spirits of all who had died during that previous year, and these spirits were confined to inhabit animals' bodies for the past year as punishment for their evil deeds, and they were allowed to return to their former home to visit the living on the eve of the October 31st, the Feast of Samhain. The Druid priests led the people in diabolical worship ceremonies, which included uh, the worship of horses, cats, sheep, oxen, and uh, even human beings that were rounded up, stuffed into wicker, wicker cages, and burned. So there was there was human sacrifice committed. This was done to appease Samhain and to keep the spirits from harming them. So it's clear to see that Halloween has always been a celebration of death, which brings me to my next point. How were these sacrifices obtained? Well, Druid priests and people would go from house to house asking for fatted calves, black sheep, and human beings. And those who gave were promised prosperity, and those who refused to give were cursed and threatened. In addition, it was likely that all of the wandering spirits would get hungry. So if you set out a treat for them, they would not trick or curse you. Hence, we have the origin of trick or treat, you know, very dark beginnings. Trick or treat is a reenactment of the Druidic practices. The candy has replaced the human sacrifices of old, but it's still an appeasement of those deceptive evil spirits. And the traditional response to those who do not treat it uh, is to have a trick played on them. When you give out Halloween candy, you are in essence providing a sacrifice of false guards. You're participating in idolatry. And that's a big problem. Now, do you know that even the jack-o'-lantern has an origin in these pagan practices? Uh, in the book of occult conceit, the author says that the candlelit pumpkin or skull served as a signal to mark those farms and homes that were sympathetic to the Satanists and thus deserving of mercy when the terror, the trick or treat of the night began. Furthermore, he says that an old edition of the World Book Encyclopedia says that the apparently harmless lighted pumpkin face of the jack-o'-lantern is an ancient symbol of a damned soul. What about costumes? They originated with these terrible druid death rites as well. So as people and animals were screeching in agony while being burned to death, the observers would dress in costumes made of animal skins and heads, and they would dance and chant and jump around through the flames in hope of warding off the evil spirits. It, uh, it reminds me of the um, when the prophet Elijah challenged the 500 uh, prophets uh, to who is the real God, the God of the Jewish people or the God that uh, they were worshiping. And they, once they were waiting for their fake God to show up, they were dancing and cutting themselves in these uh, jumping around in this wild ceremony, waiting for their God to show up. Of course, he didn't show up. The true God showed up and took the whole sacrifice. Um, so it's the worst kind of pagan rituals and worship. And uh, the Bible urges Christians to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That's in Ephesians 5.11. And though Halloween is diluted somewhat, there's obviously nothing 
that honors Jesus Christ in that day. It's a pagan sacrifice day. And the Bible warns Christians that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not, and I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 20. So Halloween is the devil's day. It really is the high holy day of Satan. So you don't want to participate. Uh, and I can get into a little bit of how the Christianity tried to turn this around. But next, let's look at these heroes of Halloween. You could not celebrate Halloween without the witch. The oldest illustration of a witch dates back to the pre-Columbian era. And the drawing shows a pagan goddess Tazeltoff, naked, wearing a pointed hat and riding a broomstick. Where you find witchcraft, you're going to find nudity, divination, gross immorality, and occult practices, just to name a few. And according to the Old Testament, witchcraft and the whole spectrum of the occult were capital crimes punishable by death. In the New Testament, in Galatians 5.20, witchcraft is listed among those things that are to be renounced by believers. In fact, Acts 19, 18-19 records that those who became Christians renounced all dealings with the occult and burned any occultic material they had. There's a um, popular West Coast Bible teacher named Dr. John MacArthur, and he expresses it very clearly when he says, dressing up like witches, ghosts, and goblins is incompatible with a Christian's testimony. And many of the customs of Halloween are associated with the worst kind of pagan ceremonies. They're usually centered on the sinister things such as demons, witchcraft, and superstition. But the other heroes of Halloween aren't any better. Consider Dracula. Did you know Dracula was a real person? He was. He lived uh, from 1431 to 1476, and during his six-year reign, this demented maniac massacred 100,000 people, men, women, and children, in the most hideous ways. He devised a plan to rid his country of the burden of beggars, handicapped, sick, and the aged. He invited them to a feast at one of his palaces, and he fed them until they were full and drunk. Then he asked them, do you want to be without cares, lacking nothing in this world? And they cried out, yes. Dracula then ordered the palace boarded up and set it on fire. No one escaped. This very tragic event was the original house of horror. The overwhelming majority of Halloween heroes are evil, demented, or demonic. And it shouldn't be a surprise to us. Halloween is the devil's day. But there's something else that concerns me even more, and that's the harm of Halloween. Halloween is a dangerous day, and here are the reasons why. Halloween is focused on death, but not just death, murder. Halloween is focused on mutilation, murder, blood, gore, guts, and it glorifies it. The truth is that millions of people, and likely your children, will be exposed to some of the most uh, endless string of TV programs, videos, communities, events, church events, even church uh, activities that glorify mutilation, torture, and bizarre murders. This will all happen this Halloween. It won't be happening at my church. We have a little, uh, <coughs> excuse me, we have a, it's called a trunk or treat, but trunks are decorated with Catholic traditional 
items uh, made up to uh, glorify God and his saints. People can dress as saints. And this is back to the point I was going to make earlier. You know, it's the eve of all saints. So uh, when we get into the eve of a uh, solemnity, that's part of the solemnity, the eve. Uh, just like the, the Easter vigil, it's the holiest mass of the year. It's the night before Easter. So too with Halloween, the church took November 1st, All Saints, and tried to uh, make the day before a hallowed, a holy day. Um, that evening should be a day that we give glory to God and thank him for what he's done in the saints, all saints in heaven. That's how it should be celebrated. So perhaps you could go to a holy hour or maybe a special mass. Um, it's important that we give all glory to God all the time. And so um, do not... Do not let your children participate in Halloween. That's what it boils down to. I know people are going to hate that. I had one family remove, they withdrew from the school, the prior Catholic parish I was in, because we didn't celebrate Halloween at school. I said, this is not part of the Christian tradition. We're not celebrating Halloween in school. Very upsetting to the parents. You see, they don't understand the perspective of an exorcist. The witches even go into the supermarkets and curse the candy. Yeah, it's already probably happening because they do it in advance so that when you purchase the candy, you're buying something that's been cursed by these uh, people who are basically uh, collaborators with the devil. And why would you want to participate in anything like that? Now, perhaps you should consider what um, one horrified mother discovered in her teenage son's diary. She said, last year I stole, the diary said, last year I stole a car at Halloween and ran over a kid and killed him for the devil. I plan on doing it again this year. The boy is now incarcerated. Halloween can have strange effects on people. It's harmful because it has does have a focus on violence. When you look at some of these displays at houses in the neighborhoods, they're, they're very violent, uh, ugly displays of murder. It's not just death, it's murder. Don't you see the paradox? When we read of a violent murder, any other time we gasp, but we laugh and we tease and we call it fun and we glorify the same things when Halloween comes. Halloween's focus on violence breaks down the inhibitions of our children toward murder. And they have difficulty separating between fantasy and fact. And that's taking a toll on our society. But there's another reason Halloween is harmful. It's harmful because it's focus is on the occult. The two most frequent ways children are introduced into the occult are through hardcore music, uh, heavy metal music, and Halloween. And uh, I remember going to some Halloween parties when I was uh, a teenager, and there were occult practices going on there, things like the Ouija board and tarot cards. And tragically, more and more children are being introduced to the occult by teachers in schools who give this holiday, you would think it was the greatest day of the year. You would think it trumps Christmas and Easter, the amount of attention and uh, energy that goes into decorating classrooms in uh, basically scenes of death. Halloween is one of the two holidays that public schools celebrate. Isn't that interesting? Uh, they celebrate Halloween and they celebrate Valentine's Day. Uh, but there's no religious significance to this whatsoever. So uh, not that public schools would be concerned about that, but how wrong they are about Halloween. 
You know, to be sure, there's no Christian significance in Halloween whatsoever. Our forefathers recognized Halloween's association with the occult. The pilgrims banned celebrating Halloween in America. Can you imagine? The ban lasted until 1845. And at that time, uh, thousands of Irish immigrants flooded into New York because of the Irish potato famine of 1845 and 6. And they brought Halloween with them, and gradually it spread through the rest of the country. And that's how it took root again and really got going. And today I'd say it's at its peak. Halloween is at its peak. People are overjoyed to celebrate Halloween. But again, it's not its not a, a thing you want to participate in. I think it grieves Jesus to have people who have been baptized, particularly, running around imitating witches and monsters and uh, gory, bloody victims. And then there's the uh, lewd side of Halloween. Now, this may not touch your particular little city if you live in a small town and uh, the people are fairly normal. But if you live in a big city, like I lived in New York City, oh, it's it's a day and revelry for people to come out in the most uh, vulgar and lewd costumes, you know? Everything's been sexualized. And so the people see it as an opportunity to dress up as their favorite, you know, nurse who has barely nothing on, or even mocking the Catholic Church by dressing as a pregnant nun with, uh, you know, priests that are depicted as a very vulgar and obscene. You know, it's a day to take a shot at Jesus Christ and his church. Or you watch. If you look at any of these big celebrations, you'll see it. You'll see it. Uh, every year they stretch the limit a little further. And uh, and they try to, um, it's really a time to like shock and scandalize. Can you imagine being a little child and seeing such things? Um, it's completely wrong. It's, it's a very bad and wrong thing to do. Um, so what can you do? Let's talk about that. Find a church that's open, or ask your pastor to open the church, and celebrate. Now, we there should be a vigil mass because all all souls is a solemnity. All saints is a solemnity. So there's usually a vigil mass when there's a solemnity the following day. So there should be mass in your churches. Perhaps there's a holy hour. We'll be doing that at my church. Um, you could pray the rosary as a group. Uh, praying against all the evil that will be committed. And mind you, there's also a lot of human sacrifice that still takes place. And I know when I say that people go, Father, how can that be? We live in America. It's 2023. The occult is a very dark and evil group of people that participate in worshiping Satan, okay? And what they do, the highest form of worship is sacrifice. You know, we know this from our own tradition of Catholicism. The Jews would sacrifice uh, a lamb or an oxen or even a bird, a dove, uh, to the Lord, and there would be blood. The blood is always where the life is, and that would be offered um, in part of the Old Testament uh, ritual of worship. In the New Testament, Jesus offered himself on the cross as the Lamb of God. And so we have the worship now in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, where we make present that one-time offering. And, and he makes himself present substantially, his body, blood, soul, and divinity, uh, on the altar in the person of Jesus Christ. 
under the appearance of bread and wine, but the substance has changed. So the, the devil knows this, and he, he has his own form of sacrifice, and he likes to sacrifice the highest form, his people, you know? And um, there's even a video on YouTube. It's very hard to find unless you put in the exact wording, uh, but it's something, it, I think it's a uh, human sacrifice on Halloween by Gary, G-A-R-Y. It's a young man who participated in the sacrifice of a young woman, and he tells the whole story. And it was part of an occult worship ceremony on October 31st where they offered this young woman to the devil and they killed her. They drained her body of its blood. Um, this is real. New York City, again, I'm sure it happens in other places, but the exorcist at the time when I lived there, uh, Father James Labar, told me that it's the most dangerous week of the year leading up to Halloween for the homeless because there are these black vans that roam around uh, telling the homeless they're picking them up to take them to shelters for food and clothing and a shower. And in fact, they're, they're kidnapping them and tying them up and using them in human sacrifice. Now, can I substantiate this? No, but I trust what I'm hearing from the exorcist who would know what's happening in his territory. Um, and think about it, it's very hard to follow up in this sort of thing. They're smart, you know? The homeless have nobody looking out for them. There's nobody tracking their movements. There's nobody who check in with them. You can't really visit them. They move around the city. And so they're harder to realize when they go missing. You know, maybe their personal friends that they are homeless with would notice they're gone if they didn't go with them in the van. But other than that, most people wouldn't know. So very smart in a very clever and diabolical way how they choose their victims. But this happens. Uh, this happens. So consider all the evil that is going to happen uh, on the 31st around the world, but particularly in America, and consider how that would grieve the heart of Jesus. Now think about the Fatima children that I've been speaking to you about, and I know I was going to talk more about them today, but I have a special guest tomorrow, and uh, Friday I'm traveling, uh, so there'll be a repeat program, but I wanted to get you this information about how we as soon as I could before uh, too much time approached and we got there and the day is already upon us. So here's why I did this today. Little uh, Francisco, his favorite part of the message of Fatima was to console the heart of Jesus. How do you console the heart of Jesus? By loving him, by loving him, by worshiping him, by adoring him, by giving him the praise and glory that he is due. That's justice. That's religion, actually. Religion for, it falls under the virtue of justice because we're giving God what he's due. That's what he's due. This whole running around imitating evil characters and participating in these pagan rituals, you know, sure, it's been watered down through the centuries, but it's still the same thing. You know, the tricking and treating goes back to the, to the occult practice from, you know, 2000 B.C. So... That would grieve Jesus that we would be participating in something that directly opposes him and is an affront to him. So we shouldn't do it. Um, you know, it's not a big deal to give that up. You know, you live without it the other 364 days out of the year. You can live without it on the 365th day of the year, on the 31st of October. Do something that would give Jesus great joy, you know? Maybe host a little gathering in your home to uh, talk about some of the great saints 
of our history, to pray the rosary, to go to adoration. These are the things that would give Jesus great happiness and joy. And these are the things that we should do, you know, particularly, particularly for protection over the children, all the children who are blindly going into these trick-and-treating uh, scenarios and have no idea what they're participating in. Um, so that's my take on it. I know some people will be irritated by that. I'm sorry, but it's my job to give you the truth and let you make a decision on what you want to do with it. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Tune in tomorrow for Father Eamon McCarthy, the director of Radio Maria Ireland. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan, signing out.